What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I am joined by Lennon Burton. We are in this crazy world right now, so just trying to make it to some movies. And, exactly. Uh, Lyndon, how are you doing this week? Look, we're not here to talk about that. If you want to know our thoughts on today, you can find out on the next Bros Who Think podcast. But, Schubert, in all honesty, man, I'm doing really good because we had some big announcements today that got overshadowed by the idiots of the world. So let me start us off. Uh, The new, make sure by the time you hear this, the poll will still be up. There are 12 hours left of the poll. So by the time you guys hear this, it should be... Uh, it should be like 10 a.m. So you'll have like one hour to vote. But the new Run It Back film, we're choosing between the four. Right now, it's looking like it'll be The Godfather. The choices are The Godfather, Good Time, Prisoners, and No Country for Old Men. Sorry, Schubert, Prisoners got third. No Country for Old Men is in second place in The Godfather's in first. Even with the Facebook and IG votes, Prisoners wouldn't have won. Good Time got like two on IG, but The Godfather took majority of them. So it's looking like we're going to be reviewing The See, Godfather I, I next. Just for chose Rose a Day. film that is like supposed to be great, but is a little too obscure for people to be like, "Oh yeah, you guys should review that one." Don't worry, Shu, but I'm gonna make that happen when we start. Because honestly, before when we do Denis Villeneuve, which is coming. And I'm going to tell you my hot take of it in a little bit. But when we do Denis Villeneuve, I think we're going to start with Prisoners because I think it would be too obvious to do a rival Blade Runner. We're going to get to those, but I feel like those are milestone films. Also, before I get to my Denis Villeneuve hot take and talk about what I've been watching, the Pitch It opening day match has been set. Mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. February 4th. February 4th. We will give you the time a little bit later as we get to as we get closer to the match. But... February 4th, February 4th is opening day for Pitch It Season 2021. The opening match is Dan Exclaims. You may know him from his YouTube, uh, uh, Dan Exclaims. He is taking on rapper Hastic, rapper and streamer Hastic. That is the opening match. Two new competitors to the league, welcoming them to the league. And the headlining match is for the number one contender spot starting off the year, getting ready for the number one contender spot. Well, if Jake wins, he's the number one contender. And if Schmidt wins, he has to win one more match to be the number one contender. But the headlining match is Jake from uh, Locked On Pelicans, Jake Madison versus Schmidt Dua. Last year's runner-up. The In The No podcast. We got the runner-up versus the conference finals. This is like the NBA, man, when NBA opening day starts off with the runner-up in like... Isn't it a rematch for them? Uh, who them? No, 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 no. Schmidt battled me. That's right. Mm-hmm. It would be a rematch if you battled Jake. So that's the that that is the fight card. I'm super excited for this. Uh, and you will be able to watch it live, live. I repeat, you will be able to watch this match Thursday, February the fourth, live at Twitch.tv/slash Bros Who Think. We're doing the first match live. But if you don't, if you're not able to catch the opening match live, like a sporting event, you will be able to catch the VOD on YouTube. Should we, when we're going to put it out the next day or should we do like, should, I feel like we should incentivize people watching the live match. So we should wait like three days. Uh, yeah, probably. I would say at least a two. week, maybe three. Oh yeah. We're going to, you're going to, you, you know, want to do it live and then just spend the next day editing it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So you're going to have to wait at least two to three days to watch the VOD. 
But February 4th, watch it live. Me and Schubert are super excited. We're putting in a lot of work to this season. The league is is growing. We're going to have at least a 15 to 20-man league this year, at minimum 12. There's some names still coming in, but for the most part, we got it. We got people coming from Twitch. We got podcasters. We got rappers. This league is free. We even got an actor. I haven't even told you about that. Shit is litty. Like, I am hype, man. We got a comedian. It's, this is, it's going down this season. Everybody's coming for the belt. Shamit Dua is going to be one of the villains of the league. He is taking on this villain persona. Hastic is taking on a villain persona. These people are coming for my belt. But like I told Shamit, like I told Haz, like I told Jake, like I told Dan, I've been telling everybody who's been messaging me, like Morpheus said, bring it on, baby. Uh, Come, I'm, uh-huh, I'm, the, I'm the champ. I am the champ, and you guys will see the belt very soon. I, I, actually, when we do the uh, pre-match interviews, because that's something that's happening this year, before every match, to get you hyped for the match, I will be sitting down with every competitor. So I'm going to be sitting down with Haz, I'm going to be sitting down with Shamit, I'm going to be sitting down with Jake, and, they're gonna, and you're going to see the belt on the first one. And you should have that. Let's see. The interviews will begin on. We're gonna start on the uh next. The interviews actually will start next week, leading up to the fight. We have one, two, three, four weeks. Four weeks away from the fight, and the interviews will begin next week. So I am super excited about that. Schubert, how do you feel, man? Your game has grown. We, this baby we've built, and now it's going to be live like a sporting event like we want. This is like the UFC. We have fight cards. We have art. I, I, we've been working, man. Yeah, no, it's um, it was definitely something where I thought that in the beginning it was – it's a kind of com- uh, coming together like I, I kind of imagined it would. It was just um, a segment on this show at first. Yeah, it was just a segment on the show at first. It was definitely something that uh, I remember thinking it up, and I'm like, well, it blends a little bit of like the stuff that I enjoy watching on YouTube already with what Screen Junkies was doing, and at the time what Collider was doing, and now Sen um, with with their games. And I wanted to come up with a way to for us to blend our what we do here with other podcasters and have them in their opinions. And I always think that making pitches is fun because sometimes somebody might hear it and make it, make it yeah, happen. That's a fact. And I just, um, what, what excites me is just the way we have grown as a league. And I, and I, and really I am so appreciative to the competitors that are in this league for believing in us and for, uh, and for participating in the game show. And I'm I, like, even to the point where, Jake Madison has made suggestions to make the league better. Schmidt has made suggestions to make the league better. Like these competitors aren't just players, like they're owners, like they're like owners and they're making suggestions to this league, which I love. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of coming up with ways to make it better in ways that we never even had thought of before. Which like is great. I love and- the, like the Twitch thing. Got to give credit to Jake Madison, but the Twitch thing I think is going to be amazing for it. It just makes sense, especially, and, you know, at the time when we came up that Twitch really, I think it was a thing, but it wasn't really something that we had jumped into yet. No, we weren't even in it yet. Like, we are just, like, Twitch became a thing for us towards the end of last year. Yeah, exactly. But it just makes the most sense, uh, especially for the points that Jake was making, you know, with being able to have some fan engagement uh, along with it, because it is kind of, uh, you know, in the way you do want 
to hear what the fans have to say about that. Also, about pitches because of, you know the judges' minds are pretty subjective. Yep. Also, I will be saying because Dan wanted to wanted to know this. I being that I am the champion, I will not. I'm only going to be judging this opening match. After that, I'm not. Uh, honestly, I might not even judge this opening match. I'm probably just hosting. If I'm going to be honest, because I'm the champion to be uh, impartial, Schubert can still judge. Ian will be able to judge. We'll have someone else judging as as well as the fan vote. But I will not be judging. I'm just going to be hosting just to be partial because I'm the champion and we don't want to choose really. I don't want to be involved in choosing who's going to be the number one contender. I mean, I feel like you could do the undercard. Yeah, I'll I'll be a part of the undercard for sure, judging, but not the uh, not the headlining event. Yeah. And that and that that means you're not gonna be playing this, you're not gonna be battling too many people this year. Are you how do you feel about that? Um, well, I mean, it just makes me think about you know, through my influences with the Schmodown, Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis were huge players at the beginning of the of the Schmodown, and now they've really kind of just fallen into the commissioner slash um announcer roles. So, you I mean, are the Dana the end, White of this. So at the end of the day, it, it is not it's a humbling thing. It's, you know, at this point I need to be a part of the, the behind the scenes of making it grow. And, um, I've definitely had my fair share of moments in the lights where it's just like, uh, I don't know if like (laughs) I can come up with those lightning round responses to some of the more obscure questions as we get deeper into the question base. And look, I'm going to be the Jordan as long as I can. And then I'm going to take a back seat and join you. Like I'm pretty like I'm going to have battle is I think I have to be in the league, but there will be a point in time where when the league gets big enough to where I am comfortable, where we have stars, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a back seat. I'm going to retire. There will be a retirement coming, but it's not coming this season and it's not coming next season. I got to win. I got to, I got to go on. uh, I got to set some records. I feel like, um, you know, if we eventually get to go back and do the road that we were trying to do, like go on the road, I feel like that would be a place where you and I could, again, get back into competing because we could, you know, compete with random fans. Yep. Have the fans vote and judge. Yes, sir. Have fan uh, clap it up. And then we look, we, we can't give them all the sauce, but. We are so, 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 so excited for Pitch It to be. And honestly, when it, also, we're going to have some pre-recorded matches. I'm not, not all of them are going to be on Twitch this season. We're, Twitch is, is basically, this is the guinea pig season where we're going to have major matches on Twitches, tournament matches on Twitches, but we will still have pre-recorded matches on Twitches. But that means that Pitch It will no longer be on Bros Who Binge. It's going to be its own thing. It's going to have its own That's playlist. True. That just means that uh, I got to stop being lazy and come up with some discussion topics. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Yes, you do, question master. You're no longer competing, so you better get to writing. Also, Ian's going to be back. I'm just so excited, man. We're going to announce some of the other other competitors soon. But just remember, February 4th, live on twitch.tv slash bros who think. Opening day is going to be a whole festivity. It's exciting. We're going we're gonna to have match one. We're going to have a halftime break of 10 to 15 minutes where we interview the competitors who just played. And me and Schubert are going to give our thoughts along as Ian, because I believe Ian's going to be hosting with us. And then we're going to have match two, uh, Jake Madison versus Shamit Dua. Be excited, February 4th. But uh, Schubert, let's, uh, let's, let, what you been watching, man? Because I've been watching Are You The One. Like, I'm not going to oh, lie. Nice. I've been watching Are You The One because uh, it's on Netflix. It made me, me and my girlfriend actually, watch... I watched season one and two. 
Okay, yeah. The the seasons that aren't on there, like season three is a really solid one. See, and that's um, what I was about to say. We on Amazon, there's CBS All Access, and we did the seven day free trial tonight, and we're starting season three tonight. Season three is a good one. Um season one has like Shanley in it, right? Yeah. yeah. That that's a pretty good Dario. season. Dario from oh, the God. challenge. Yeah. yeah. From the challenge. Oh, so he's on the challenge. Yeah. He's yeah. On the see, challenge. Like, that's what you're going to see. You, you'll probably see some more people from the in challenge. Season three. In like I saw, three, I saw, yeah. yeah, I saw a couple. That's what I'm excited about. I'm trying to see what else I've been watching. Of course, anime, but in terms of like, I've been watching a lot of movies recently. Honestly, I rewatched good time. Uh, I watched the French connection with Gene Hackman. I've been watching, uh, what's that other movie I watched? I watched, I watched a comedy. So yeah, I just been I actually been on my my movie grind recently. What you been watching? Um, one thing I really like about HBO Max at the moment is they have the soon to be gone section, the stuff that they're about the to great movie ship out. That HBO has exactly. So I've been exploring that, and then I told I've been telling you off air that I watched Enemy of the State with Will Smith. Mm. Um, other than that, you know, Bachelor was on Monday, so we'll talk about that a little later. And, you know, I've just been watching a lot of sports at the moment because of football and, you know, things yeah. wrapping up with that. Um, but the one thing that I was thinking of when you were doing your Morbius thing and wearing your Dunder Mifflin shirt, did you see the uh, the office deleted scene that, with, that has to do with the Matrix? Uh-uh, because Peacock, man, I don't want to pay. Like, uh, is it free? It, well, I mean, I found, I saw it on Twitter. It, okay. Like, since it went on Peacock, Peacock's been, like, bringing Doing out clips. more content. Gotcha. And so, like... Uh, the scene or whatever is Jim and Pam pretty much try and twit trick Dwight that he's in the matrix and they get like Hank, the janitor to be, uh, uh, Morbius's Dorpheus oh. is his name <laughs> and he's Morbius's cousin. And so it's a really funny scene. Hell yeah. I'm gonna definitely check that out. You know, I always got to rep DM. Oh, also I, I didn't say this on last bros who binge, but I've been meaning to say this for two weeks. I've been watching letter Kenny. For those who don't know, letter Kenny is this comedy, this Canadian comedy that's on Hulu uh, by Jerry. Canadian comedies are great. Yeah, they are. But I like this more than uh trailer park boys. And I, and I told Ian that I don't know if I told you that, but, it's uh, I you gotta just get with the lingo. Once you understand the the Canadian slang, it's amazing. But this actor, it's with Jared Keso, uh, Kesso, and he writes the uh show along with another actor called Jacob Tierney. And Jacob Tierney is the main director. It is absolutely hilarious. There's, I believe nine seasons out right now. Yeah, there's nine seasons out on Hulu. The ninth season just came out. It's such it's such easy to watch. There's about seven episodes a season maybe like nine, 10 max later down the line. But in the beginning, it's like six to seven episodes, super easy watch. And the writing in it is phenomenal. It's grade A, the amount of like thought they put behind each bit. You can tell it has, it's like, it's, a, it's very executed very well. It's not just fart and dick jokes. It's like, they go through all of the ABCs telling jokes pertaining to each letter. Like they have like multiple storylines that come back and forth throughout each season. Like they do a, they do a very good job. So if you haven't watched letter Kenny, I definitely recommend it on Hulu. Yeah. The Canadian stuff's good. I mean, yeah, I've been getting through Shit's Creek. I haven't finished that yet. That's good. My girlfriend's uh, sister was begging us to watch Shit's Creek. Oh, Shit's Creek's great. Mm, um, I need to check really, it out. really, uh, intelligent comedy mm, and okay. then kim's convenient kim's convenience um with the guy who's in star wars and uh 
and Shang Chi, the guy, the actors, and who plays Shang Chi, he's in Kim's Convenience. Mm, okay, and that's on Netflix. I'm gonna so. definitely have to check that out. And also, did you hear of this show called John Wilson? No. They uh, basically it's a HBO thing, and they told me to check it. Out. It's oh, it's How to with John Wilson. It's HBO um, Max exclusive. I heard it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, I have heard that name now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And did you watch the Nicolas Cage Netflix thing? No, I haven't yet. Bruh, hilarious. Oh, and that's the other thing I watched. I don't know how our parents generate, like, I can I don't ever want to listen to an old person's thought on a movie anymore after watching some of their favorite action movies. I watched Con Air yesterday. Bruh, you don't you like seen? Con Air? No, I like it, but, like, cheesy AF. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, well, I mean, like, that's the, the era. But that's what I'm. That's why I don't want to listen to our parents' generation about movies. They they put up on the pedestal fucking Bloodsport, Con Air. Like, bro, when I watch Con Air and it's Nicolas Cage with his long flowing hair, wearing a fucking muscle shirt, and there's explosions, and he's just yeah. <laughs> this was like, yo, this uh, is hilarious. But the cast. Let me just say this: the cast of that movie is great. You have you have Nicolas Cage. You got fucking uh, Ving Rhames. You got John, John Malkovich you, in there. You got John Malkovich. You got Steve Buscemi. You got Nicolas Cage's twin. Uh, if Nicolas Cage is Coke, this guy is Czech or or RC Cola or Pepsi. Uh, he's in all the rom coms. He held up the boombox. What's it? He looks just like Nick Cage. Oh, uh, Cusack. Yeah, John Cusack's in the movie. You have a, b- a bunch of character actors in the movie. Uh, Dave Chappelle's actually in the movie. Blew my fucking mind. Danny Trejo's in the movie. Con Air, crazy movie. Like, I liked it, but super cheese, super cheese. It reminds me of, like, whenever I think of the that era of movies, I think of, like, Speed. Yep. And like, um, like I said, blood yeah. sport, it's the eighties and nineties. This came out, it came out in 97. I think of, uh, some of all fears, you know, the Ben Affleck movie. And then there's the, uh, raise, I think it's raising the sun with, uh, Connery and, uh, freaking, uh, what's that with Wesley Snipes, like that era. And then all the Eddie Murphy, like 48 hours. Yeah. yeah. Rising sun. That's exactly what it's called. Yeah, man. What a weird era of action movies. That's something they're fun. I'll wait for our discussion segment because we're kind of just going all over the place. With and discussion and today. to tease that discussion segment, um, it is we're talking about perfect movies. Like what constitutes a perfect movie? I have some lists pulled up of some of what people would consider a perfect movie and also what's in the National Film Registry. I want to ask you where, what you think about I the, consider. the state of action movies as well today. We're going to hmm. talk about that shortly. All right. But yeah, um, man, whenever you're ready, I'm ready because we got a lot to discuss. Yeah, after the long intro, let's go ahead and get into the news. So first is a kind of big story. I'm going to need your help going through it. I got you. The rumors were that Michael Keaton is the main Batman of the DCEU. No, false. Grace Randolph spitting, spitting fake news. So basically, what had happened was the Hollywood Reporter did an interview with, I believe, Walter Hamada, who is like the head of Warner Brothers right now, or it was with somebody else, but I believe it's Walter Hamada. And basically he was talking about Batman, how Robert Pattinson is going to be 
for right now going to be on his earth. And then there's going to be Batman that takes place with the flash. And that's Michael Keaton, Batman, but people on the internet misinterpreted that he's going to be the main Batman, which is not the case. He's only signed on to do the flash for at this moment. But what I believe is going to happen and what the word on road is Michael Keaton will come back, but not as the main Batman of the DCEU. He will be the Batman Bruce Wayne for a Batman Beyond movie. Now, the question is, is Batman Beyond going to be in the Justice League? I do not believe that. I believe he will be a future Earth, and I believe Flashpoint will bring Pattinson into the Justice League. I still believe that. There's no way you can tell me that J.J. Abrams is making his own Superman, which is the rumor right now, and he won't be involved with Pattinson's Batman. There's no way you can't make me believe that. But I do believe Keaton will come back as Bruce but in a Batman Beyond movie, which I think would be amazing. And I think that's where you can bring some diversity because I don't want Terry McGinnis to be white or black. I want Terry McGinnis to either be Latino or Asian. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that could be a, a good move. My question about a Batman Beyond movie, is it too niche to put in mm. a theater? That might be one of those HBO Max movies. That That's what I'm thinking. About last week. Like it's since it was, you know, a Warner Brothers animated, you know, WB Kids cartoon like Static Shock, I'm thinking that it would follow in similar um plus to it, the similar spot that the DC, Static Shock's in. The DC universe showed that the Warner that the HBO Max uh thing is, is successful. And we saw that with Wonder Woman. Also, the generation who grew up on Batman Beyond is now part of the paying movie going audience it's, they know they no longer rely on their parents our generation that's why yeah. i could see this either being in theaters or being on hbo max but you make a good point just like static shock is going to be an hbo max movie i could definitely see batman beyond being one but the thing is does michael keaton make it not an hbo max movie but then the argument to that is hbo uses stars with everything else we just saw gal gadot on it with chris pine so i think streaming changes i think we're in a different era we can no longer think well of i think if it was going like to be that. If we, if we were talking about Michael Keaton doing Batman Beyond on Netflix, I think it's different than HBO Max at this point. True. I feel like HBO Max carries a little bit of a better prestige at this point. Definitely. I mean, the trailer we're going to talk about is an HBO Max original movie and it has two big stars in it. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. So, no, I agree with you. And I, well, I mean, I, and the HBO Max just released a movie that had Meryl Streep in the lead role. That's a fact. And Meryl mm-hmm. Streep's in, in one of their TV shows, too. So, like you said, I, I actually, now that you say that, I actually am leaning that way, believing that this will be an HBO Max movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a very, when I heard that news, everyone was leaning towards having a Batman Beyond movie. And I think that it would be perfect, especially in blending the audience that grew up with Batman Beyond and then also the audience that grew up with the Keaton Batman. Yep, 100%. So, because there's a lot of people that consider Keaton... The best Batman. The Keaton movies to be the best Batman. And yep. so, like, just bringing him back and making it full circle and then putting in the, the Terry McGinnis element of it all kind of would make it really interesting. The one thing I would like out of that series, uh, out of that movie, though, is a Will Friedle cameo. Mm. <laughs> like he doesn't have to be like a big role but like i just want him to be like you could make real fredell like a cop like one of the cops yeah or if, like if there's like a joker gang you could make him like one of the joker gang members the interesting thing is who's going to be will powers who's going to be the uh terry mcginnis's joker the guy that killed his father Depends i mean Derek powers if they go with that story i mean they gotta go with that storyline that's the comic book storyline that's the animated show story like that's the that's the storyline throughout all Batman Beyond media. Yeah, I just don't know. I feel like you can take a lot of liberties with it at this point, but now that they're kind of committed to putting 
the old stuff on. Maybe they're trying and, to lead up into that. And especially with just the direction of DC, because I was telling you about this off air and just to sh- show uh, the people, DC made everything part of their old canon, canon again. This Scott Snyder crisis event called Metal, they made all of the things that happened in the 50s, 40s, 70s, 80s, 90s, they made it all canon again, and they're using their whole history. That's why we're able to get things like Future Slate, uh, Future State, the next now, Another question I have regarding Batman Beyond. Wasn't Batman Beyond included in the cartoon Flashpoint movie? Ooh. I don't know, Schubert. I don't know. He might have made a cameo. Terry McGinnis might have been in it. Terry McGinnis might have been in it, but I don't know if Batman Beyond, the character, was in it, but Terry might have. So, like, thinking in that process and having Michael Keaton be attached to possibly do a Batman Beyond, I'm thinking that in the Flash movie, we'll be taken to that setting. I don't Mm -hmm. think we'd get a Terry McGinnis because, like, obviously you want to get... Someone pretty prominent. He won't be to do uh, that role. You know what they should do? They shouldn't give bat. They shouldn't give Michael Keaton the classic Batman suit. They should do. If you remember Batman Beyond's first episode, it starts off with Bruce Wayne being in his fifties, wearing the Terry McGinnis suit, and having to like use a gun because he's so old and can't fight anymore. That hasn't put up the mantle. We should see some scene like that, thus being an Easter egg leading to what we're gonna get in Batman Beyond. Like, I have to rewatch that Flashpoint movie, but I, I, I swear there was a movie where they included Batman Beyond with, a, like, a, a Justice League. Like, mm. I, I could have sworn that I'd seen that. I'm going to go rewatch it. I'm not sure. It might have been the most recent one, but definitely I could see Michael Keaton wearing the Batman Beyond costume in this movie instead of his classic Batman suit. 100%. Also, poor um, Ben Affleck. Screwed. Yeah. <laughs> also, a Rocket project is being development. I- Icon and Rocket. That's also, I could bet, an HBO Max property. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember seeing the rumors about that, too. Yep. Um, you think it's going to be a movie or a series? Depends. depends. I think it's series. It de- it, it de- I think it depends on the success of Static. and Because I believe Static is going to be inside of the universe of Rocket. Like, I think... The the milestone universe will be an Earth, like a separate Earth, probably from all the other stuff. And then we, I, I I'm betting that, and you know how Marvel did Infinity War, we're gonna get Crisis on Infinite Earths. We're gonna get it movie form with all these HBO Max properties. Rocket could be a TV series, but I think Static will appear. I think they're gonna be interchangeable. Yeah, I can see it. Um, but you know, still staying within the DC world, uh, Justice League starred Ray Fisher says that he will not work on any film associated with DC films. That means Cyborg is getting written out of the Flash movie. Sad, man. Just it's all that whole situation sucks. Makes me view Jeff Johns a different way. I know we don't talk about politics on this show, but Ray Fisher got done. He got done dirty and Warner Brothers handled the the investigation bad. It was just it just it's a bad look for Warner Brothers. And I feel bad for this guy. Yeah, and it sucks, too, because he did a good portrayal of the character. Best Cyborg we've had live action. And now we're not going to be able to have Cyborg in live action. At at least him. And and probably not for a while. Yeah, we're probably going to get Martian Um, Manhunter as the black. We're definitely getting Jon Stewart now to have a black DC character. But that also makes me think we're going to get Martian Manhunter instead, which I'm not mad about, but that's not the way I wanted to have Martian Manhunter. No, no. But... 
yeah, that's definitely the sad news of it of it all. But we'll see how it, it'll turn comes together in that Flash movie. The Flash movie is probably one of the biggest superhero movies to it's date, a, besides the Spider Man three. I, I was about to say the Batman uh, Robert Pattinson movie is the movie that's the most exciting comic book property for the next five years, but the most important comic book movies are Spider-Man 3 for the multiverse of Marvel and Flash for the multiverse of DC. I think they're the well, most important movies. I would also argue movies. that you would have to throw in... Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange, too. Spider-Man slash Doctor Strange and Flash. Yeah. They're the most important movies setting up the future, but Batman, Robert Pattinson is still the most exciting. But... Speaking of HBO Max, we got two trailers. I'm not starting off with the movie. I'm starting off with the documentary because this gave me Last Dance vibes. And I and I said yes. this. I said this last week that HBO Max is putting out the best sports documentaries. I know it used to be ESPN 30 for 30, but we we can me and you both being 30 for 30 fans and sports fans can agree that 30 for 30 went down in a step of quality. Well, the only one well, that's... It's hard to say that because, like, they threw out Last Dance last year but and they had Bruce Lee. Was Last Dance 30 Lee. for 31? It, it was it was a 30 for 30. It was, that's yeah, the, that's the only good... That's what I'm saying. It was an ESPN film. It was a partnership with Netflix. It was, yeah. Like, that was but, 30 know, the for Bruce 30. Bruce Lee one was really good last year. Yeah. I mean, but like, then you get things like Lance Armstrong and the Mark McGuire. Like, I don't know. They're just not the, the same. The Mark McGuire one was pretty good, too. It's just uh, I'm just saying they're not as good as HBO. Have you seen the one with uh the HBO one that is about uh Andre the Giant? Fucking phenomenal. And I don't even like wrestling. It's an all-timer documentary just in general. Like that's what like HBO just does a great job and to have this guy that we're about to discuss, the greatest golfer of all time. If and I know people are going to say Jack Nicholson or Jack Nicholas, but what this guy did for golf, he made golf popular to everybody and he made people want to play golf who never wanted to play golf. We're talking about Tiger Woods and the fact that we're getting the rise of Tiger, the fall of Tiger and the rebirth. That makes me think that like Tiger Woods is like, all right, I'm going to just be open and honest. And if he does that, this documentary would be great. But I think seeing Michael Jordan be honest about his situation and about how honest ish, but allowing him to portray who he actually is. I think that, gave Tiger, like, okay, I can be honest-ish. Well, I think he also found it as a way to help build on his legacy. On his redemption, yeah, true. Um, Because, you know, being able, you know, he did, we'll see it in the documentary, too, where he did, like, address the issues that he had come across, but, like, this gives a a new way to be like, okay, well, this is what was going on with me. Yeah. This is what was going on with me. This is how it was. Like, you know, you could tell that, there's a, a big slant on the film where like Tiger never asked for this. You got to remember that in his the beginning of Tiger's life, LeVar Ball was, before LeVar Ball. I mean, he was, you know, forced into, into this in a, in a way where like, you know, I thought the one thing in the trailer where it was like, yeah, you know, I remember Tiger coming up to me and begging me to talk to his dad about him playing another sport. Yeah. It's like, crazy. I honestly, this will be a legacy booster, man. Cause like, and, and another thing is with Jordan, another reason why he couldn't be honest ish. Another reason why he could was because I mean, all I of, guess it's honest, but it's just but like, no, but watch, watch, I got his it. way. I get what you're saying. The reason why he was honest ish is because his story wasn't out in the public. He could, he could kind of hide some shit. Whereas tiger's fall. We know everything. It was TMZ frontline. So it's best to be, out in the open with him, be like, yeah, this happened because we already know instead of trying to hide it. Yeah. So yeah. 
I'm super excited for this. We will definitely be reviewing this like we did Last Dance. The Tiger Woods doc will be yeah. one of the biggest documentaries in, since Last Dance. But it's another, uh, on the 10th. Yep. It's, 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 it's two parts. I'm excited. We're going to be reviewing this. We got a lot of good HBO Max content we're going to be reviewing. Starting off with this, so we'll have that one week, part two the, that the next week, and then the next week, the Denzel movie, which, boy, we watched that trailer on the stream this past week. I'm so excited for that Denzel movie. But the next trailer we got is the HBO movie starring Chiwetel Ejiofor and your girl Anne Hathaway, The Lockdown. <laughs> yeah, this movie seems like it's going to be the best COVID movie that we've had to date. Well, we don't know that because um, the, because of the John David Washington. Oh, you said to date. To date. Yeah, because yeah, there's a John David Washington Zendaya movie might be great. Yeah, uh, and I feel like it has similar vibes to that in the first half of the movie. It seems like it's two different films. It's it does. Like, uh, the the first half of the trailer seemed quarantine like... Quarantine strains the marriage. Yeah, and, like, it seems like hard. quarantine marriage story. And then the second part was like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like Ocean's Eleven, let's rob a bank. Pretty much. So, like, I think it's going to be a, a roller coaster ride of a movie. And, you know, just like we were talking about with HBO Max is that they're putting out quality stuff. Those and, two you know, big actors. A, two big actors and a movie that seems like it's going to have some, you know, be you know, it'll be entertaining, but also like kind of give us a, a good picture of how we're going to see 2020 painted and into movies. Because, I mean, that's the one thing that we've got to keep in mind moving forward in entertainment is that we're going to be having shows and movies based upon actual life. Like that was How the do you thing feel about that? because that was a, me and my girlfriend, you, you know, we're watching this is us and we caught up to season five and season five is 100% the COVID season. And by this time, I, me and my girlfriend were both like, yo, we just went through 2020. I don't really want to watch this. How do you feel about this going forward? I feel like if certain films do it right, it can work, but how how much are we going to want to relive 2020 this soon? That's my question. I'm yeah. I mean, like as it being like a too soon kind of thing, I get that. I think that I was more meaning. So for like, you know, let's say 2025 comes around, oh, okay. we're in yeah, a sure. different situation. If they're going to be playing on things that like happen, they're going to, or they could still be playing into it as like, that was a, a time or, you know, you can be basing shows that start during in that, yeah. in, during that year. And then move forward from it. So, you know, I, I just don't know. Because, I mean, I think, like, since the story hasn't played out on COVID, then it's very hard to write it about yeah, it. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, but, I mean, like, some shows are doing it semi-successfully. Uh, you know, a lot of Grey's the modern cop shows and Grey's Anatomy. Like, you know, Law & Order's doing it. The Rookie. This uh, is us. This is us. So all, a lot of your, your network. Net, yeah, all, basically all the networks are doing it. Yeah, I, uh, minus like say FX. Shout, shout out FX <laughs> and HBO and and the paid the paid places. But like I mean, like, the thing shit. is, is a lot of people are kind of clamoring for some people to take it on. Like I know the South Park coronavirus episode was, but you see, know, that's very good. Yeah, because that's what. But like, and, but I would want... like to I would like to see multiple see multiple episodes of a season be oh, about no, for that, sure. and you know, and then like I'm thinking about like comedies that we love, like Dave. It's always Sunny needs to do it. Always Sunny is 100% going to do it. But that's and, people you know, that I think should do it. Like, my problem is, like, Law & Order, The Rookie, This Is Us. Like, I don't need these like, serious shows doing it. The, with the pushback I have with, like, a show like Law & Order, 
is that it does it, but it doesn't do it in a way that like it's centric. Mm, it just okay. is just it's just an element of it, and that makes it feel like it's realistic to the time period. Got you. Um, because like it's one of those things where it's like, well, if well, this is the reality we're living in, and if this is supposed to be like a modern time of the reality, then like we need to like, show that that's thing, and you can also you know work with it, especially in a law and order sort of way, because. We were always talking about people being crazy. Yeah, that's true. Y'all let us know. Tweet at us, ashubert 14 LinBWT. Let us know how you feel about COVID-related movies, COVID-related TV. Do you think it's too soon or are you okay with it? But next up, we have Alex Garland has his sight on his next feature film. Garland has set his next project, Men, with A24, and has tapped Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear to star in the film. The film follows a young woman who goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside after the death of her ex-husband. Schubert, are you excited for this? It's supposed to be, you know, a sci-fi similar to all Alex Garland things, you know, uh, he's been with A24 before doing Ex Mahina. Um, Interesting that I this th- is his next choice. I mean, you know, p- p- a lot of people really like Debs. Debs was all right. Um, I think what drove Ex Mahina, at least, was the actors behind it. But at that point, those were guys who were com- on the come up. That's a so fact. this could be an opportunity for like Jesse Buckley, who I don't really know much about. And to I don't know really much about kinda- Rory Kinnear either. Yeah, to really kind of blast out on the scene. Um, but, you know, Alex Garland usually comes up with, like, some really off-the-wall interesting ideas. And, you know, A24 is a studio I trust. So I think it would be something worth looking into. I think I'm going to need a trailer, though. That's a fact. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I can't really think of too many A24 movies that I didn't really enjoy. That's true. Rory Kinnear's an older actor, man. I thought he was a young yeah. guy. Um. But, you know, as I say that there's a lot of A24 movies that I really enjoy, I wouldn't consider them all perfect movies, which we'll get to later. No, 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 no. But what you got? What's up next? Uh, Lashana Lynch is set to join the cast of Netflix upcoming adaptation of Matilda. Lynch is going to play Miss Honey, Matilda's good-natured teacher. There's also, I've also seen when I was looking up more information about this portrayal of Matilda, that Ralph Fiennes, or is supposed to play the evil headmistress uh crutchen and it's a musical or or sorry of the crutchen hall primary school miss trunchbull well matilda itself yeah it's, it's more so based off the the broadway version yeah that's what I, that's what i was seeing yeah um i never really saw this i mentioned it because i know there's a lot of people who are big fans like yeah matilda that wasn't really my i was more of a mary Poppins. i've honestly guy. never seen it so my mom used to watch it, but every time she'd watch it, I wouldn't watch it with her. Like, I've seen, like, a couple scenes here or there, but, like, I'm like you. I haven't seen it. Like I said, I was a Mary Poppins kid. Yeah, I feel you. Um, but, you know, I know there's some people out there that are big Matilda stands, so I thought it was worth mentioning if they're interested in that Netflix stuff. But I feel like Netflix is going to find a way to F it up. <laughs> um, Jordan Peele, though, he's currently working on a new project, and, of course, it's mysteriously under wraps. Um, the reports are now indicating that the horror movie maker is courting two very talented actors for his co-leads. He's apparently looking to reunite with Daniel Kaluuya and has also reached out to uh, Breaking Bad, Friday Night Lights, and Fargo alum Jesse Plemons. Also interesting because they are the co-leads along with, uh, along with Lakeith Stanfield in the new uh, Fred Hampton uh, Judas and the Black Messiah movie. 
very true. Um, the idea is for both the star and the entire project. Um, and there's several details regarding the main characters that have come to light. The characters include an antagonist, um, the male villain, a man in his twenties or fifties, as well as Artie, another lead and Winston Clace, a supporting character. No doubt that Daniel Kaluuya and Jesse Clemens are being courted for the villain and Artie. Artie has been described as a lead uh, Latinx or Native American man in his 20s or early 30s. Artie is an L.A. native and works in the electronics department of a major retail store. Artie is described as a genuine, insightful, and clutch. Uh, Winston Clays, meanwhile, is a supporting character of 55 to 70. This character is open ethnicity. Winston is a fine art photographer whose career-long obsession for perfection has led him to the edge of a dull and unsatisfying end to his career. He radiates succinct, weather-beaten insight of a lovable, gruff, unwilling mentor. Winston is emotionally balanced, but his Achilles heel is his thinly veiled ego. Interesting. Don't know what... Reading those descriptions, it makes me really question like where Jesse Plemons and Daniel Kaluuya fit into it. Yeah. Like is, is, are they both? So you said that there's the villain and then there's Artie and then there's the Latin X character. So I'm guessing one of them will be the villain. One of them will be Artie. Artie is supposed to be the Latin X character, which is what oh. I'm confused about. Yeah. That's whoa. That's confusing. Okay. Well then I guess they're both being courted for the villain. Possibly. And I yeah. feel like, but I feel like the character Winston, you know, even though it says it could be 55 to 70, I could see them putting Jesse Plemons in there and just heavily making it, doing makeup with that. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. You're right. I don't know from this like description which is which, but always interested in see what's the next Jordan Peele movie. So cool, cool, cool. Um, next up, we got Roku is reportedly in negotiations uh, for a deal to take over the library of the short form streaming con- content Queeby, which I've been interested in a while. Like, where's all this Queeby content going to go? The deal would give Roku a slate of exclusive programs for its own free-to-watch app called the Roku Channel. The terms would give Roku the rights to Queeby shows that feature big names such as Chrissy Teigen, Anna Kendrick, and Liam Hemsworth. Includes title as Murder House Flip, Most Dangerous Game, and Dummy, according to the report. Like I said, I've been interested to see where all the Queeby content will go. And I think this is good for Roku, especially since it's a free channel and this will give more people uh, incentive to buy a Roku. That's the thing about Queeby. Like when people ask me about it or people are talking about it and like, Oh, that was such a flop. It was such a fail. Well, maybe the, the concept and the idea and have it just be app based was kind of a fail, but the content was not bad. That's Uh, yeah. Now, the newest punked was was terrible. It was trash. But the Chrissy Teigen Judge Judy was actually pretty funny and entertaining. Uh, murder House Flip is like you know your normal f- house flipping show, but for murder houses, which was an interesting concept that With you could really the- expand on. No, that that was a different. Oh, that was show. okay. That, that show was really good too. With um, the uh, I can't remember her name right now. I just D. That's yeah, D from Always Sunny and. Uh, the uh, will or not will or will forte will forte yeah and you know, they had a, a comedy on there that was really funny uh anna kendrick was doing dummy which was about her and her boyfriend sex doll becoming friends and uh most dangerous game was the liam hemsworth drama i wonder if this means we'll get the legends of hidden temple show that never came out maybe maybe um, not. because did they have to I, film it 
Yeah, I don't really know if that. I think someone else is heading that up, and you got to remember that Paramount's going to do their own streaming service with Nickelodeon mm-hmm. content. So I think that that that's more going so there. would be where that would go. One hundred percent. Well, dope for you, Roku users. I know you're excited for this Schubert, especially since you loved Queeby. Uh, next up, James Gunn officially confirmed the Suicide Squad will be rated R. Yes, yes, yes. Let me ask you. This is now, even before it was rated R, this was my most anticipated movie of 2020. It was this and Dune. What is your most anticipated movie of 2020, of 2021? For me, it's Suicide Squad and Dune. I would have to look at the list. It's just like so iffy at the moment because anticipating movies for this year is just so hard for me because like you know, I never know what they're going to do about like pulling it or pushing it back. or. Well, yeah. we know this is happening. Warner Brothers putting it on HBO Max. That's happening. So I guess Suicide Squad would probably be my most anticipated too because I know for a hundred percent that That's like dropping. it's gonna it's going to be seen it's gonna be dropped uh, they feel confident enough to make a peacemaker TV series about it yeah that's what that's that's my whole thing Schubert the fact that we're getting a peacemaker TV show tells me that this is about to be fucking phenomenal and they learn from their mistake you can't do task force x where people's heads supposed to blow up without making it rated r yeah sorry kiddies sorry fuck them kids (laughs) no i mean that's exactly what needed to be done like uh comic book movies that need to be rated r should be rated r i was looking up like a list of comic book movies that have been rated r that have been successful like logan uh, Deadpool. Um, yep. you know, anything that had to do with Punisher was always rated R because you have to have the violence that those characters, uh, you know, need yep. it's for their story to be told. So, I mean, like this. Let me exactly give you some of the. Let me give you some of the major 2021 movies. And you can let me know. There's Kingsman, the uh, the 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 reboot. There's Coming to America two. The uh, Chaos Walking, the Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos movie, the prequel, the Ghostbusters movie, Morbius, No Time to Die, the James Bond, Fast Nine, Mortal Kombat, A Quiet Place 2, Black Widow, Kong versus Godzilla, uh, Free Guy, Cruella, The Conjuring 3, Project, there's doing another Project X, whoa, didn't know that. Uh, top, top Gun Maverick, Shang-Chi, Uncharted, Space Jam 2, The Green Knight, Suicide Squad, uh, yeah. uh, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which is the second thing to the fruck, the freaking uh, Ryan Reynolds, Sam Jackson movie, Candyman, Death on the Nile, Dune, uh, Snake Eyes, Eternals, M- Mission Impossible 7, Spider-Man 3, Matrix 4. Besides the Marvel stuff, it's a lot of trash. I think death. Besides, like the superhero big things, I think Death on the Nile is going to be great. In the oof, you I, do. I I think it will be good. I, you know, I'm a big Did fan. You of watch those Mur- Murder of the Orient Express. Yes, I liked it. I'm a I'm a fan of those murder mystery Kenneth Branagh movies. I like I liked it. Do it? Will it be like the best movie of the year? No, but will it be a solid B film? Yes. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking it's going to be an A, but you know what's going to be probably the underdog of the year? Like, that's going to be an A film, The Green Knight. I'm so ready to see Dev Patel's The Green Knight. Yeah, I mean, I think Dev Patel's setting himself up for a big decade. I, I want think, him to be Batman Beyond, but he won't do a comic book film. 
No, I want him to be in Star Wars so bad. <laughs> he so won't do bad, that either. Dude. He de- why I, not? He got a better shot of doing a comic book movie than he does dude, in being why in Star can't, Wars. Why can't he be the acolyte, bro? Why not? <laughs> I would love it, but ever since Last Airbender, he ain't doing that shit. He said that. He don't. He not fucking with for big friends. Would he do it for Taika? Maybe, but that's what I'm saying. Like, come do James. Come do a superhero movie with James Gunn at DC, bro. Let's go. Shit, but know. but and they have, so that I just want to see what your most anticipated movie of 2021 is. Y'all let us know what your most anticipated 2021 is. Tweet at us and uh, let us know. But next up, we got Hulu's adult animated comedy series Solar Opposites will return for the second season in March 26th. Let's go. Two thumbs up. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, that was on my uh, 2021 best animated shows nomination list so i'm definitely excited about it and if you haven't seen the awards go check out the bros who binge awards out now next up we got netflix is developing a sequel to robert Rodriguez's newly released superhero pick we can be heroes according to the streamer the movie which debuted on christmas contributed to a record-breaking viewership during christmas week between december 25th and december 31st the title recorded first place on the top 10 kids overall list in 88 out of 93 countries and reached the top 10 of all films in all countries across the globe. We Can Be Heroes is also projected to have reached 44 million households in the first 28 days. Well, I wasn't part of that 44 million. Good for Robert Rodriguez. He showed that he all can make family movies with Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and they connect to people because obviously it worked with us. We love those, our generation love those films, and obviously it's working for a new generation because of the stats that you just gave. Good for him, uh, but I'm more excited to see some of his other stuff that's coming down the Book road. of Boba Fett. Yeah, that and what we got in the rumors. And speaking of rumors, uh, we got here's some of the uh, rumors slash small stories. WandaVision will have nine episodes. That's a small story. We have finally have the official summary of Shang-Chi opening summer 2021. Simi Liu stars as Shang-Chi in Marvel Studios' Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Shang-Chi must confront his past, uh, confront the past he thought he left behind when he's drawn into the web of the mysterious Ten Rings organization. This sounds like a raid Yakuza type movie just under the veil of a Marvel movie, which, yes, give me more of that. Also, uh, it's talks for putting uh, an Akira spinoff, oh no, to put the Akira sequel streaming on Disney Plus has now gotten stronger, especially with Robert Rodriguez building a relationship with Disney and producing the Boba Fett spinoff. So we're probably going to get an Akira sequel either on Hulu or Disney Plus. I'm excited for that. I'm also, but I hope it'll be on Hulu. Yeah, I think it'll be on Hulu, but I don't. Disney stories, Plus is talking about doing you know more adult content. But, but you remember what we said that's going to be for international viewers. It's going to be Disney Plus mature, but for America, it's going to be on Hulu. Oh, true, 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 true. Yep. So that'll be a Hulu release. But I'm I'm excited to hear the Shang Chi uh, summary. That, like I said, that tells me it's going to be a Yakuza raid movie that's under the veil of a Marvel movie. Which now, I if think you want, is going to be the best fight. Most anticipated Marvel movies for me, of course, you know, Spider-Man is the one. Oh, but I for me, see what you got. Number Shang-Chi? two is this one. Yeah, Super like, on stream. Because- I, I literally ranked it. And I was I, I ranked it Spider-Man just because of Daredevil. If Daredevil wasn't in it, Spider-Man would have been two. But it's Shang-Chi, Black Widow, and then Eternals. Eternals is last. I don't give a fuck about Eternals. Yeah, Eternals is definitely last. 
Black Widow, I really, really want to see. So it's like a really high three. Like it's, but I should have seen it already is my thing. Like at this yep. point, like I'm not going to be hyped for it because I should have seen it a year ago. Yep. I so. agree. Just like, I, just like we weren't hyped for Wonder Woman, but this Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi has, has potential to be one of the best Marvel movies of all time. Maybe, you know, I, I really it. like it for Simu, Simu Liu. Uh, you know, like I said, he was on Kim's convenience. He's a really great actor. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm sad that he's, going to be in Marvel over doing a Star Wars deal, but... He could go switch to Star Wars. It's not he, like... He could He could down the road. He could down the road, but, you know, I think that this is going to be a, a pretty great movie, and it's a little bit different than the normal Marvel mold, so that's yep. why I'm really excited about it. That's my bag, and and just like Black Panther connected with African Americans, I'm, I'm excited to see how the Asian community will respond to getting their superhero movie, which I think will be great for the culture all that's next is your your culture has to get their superhero movie it's time and it can't be i'm sorry it can't be america chavez being a side character if you're going to give black panther if you're going to give uh shang chi the latino community needs a main theatrical release marvel movie do it marvel i don't want to hear about america chavez being in young avengers that doesn't fucking count i don't even know i don't know many marvel latino characters anyway yeah Besides, like Jaime Reyes, um, no, that's, that's, well, that's Blue Beetle. That's DC. Besides, besides us, uh, Miles Morales, who is only half. Yeah, exactly. But hopefully, D- and I, I believe DC is going to give us a Blue Beetle movie on HBO Max, and I one hundred percent believe it's going to be Jaime Reyes. So, like, yeah, like you were saying, how they wanted to b- build up for a Crisis Instant Infinite Earths, like for Icon and Static Shock. I feel like Blue Beetle would fit in that. Yeah, but like that's going to be all of them, like. I, I just think Icon, Static, Hardwire, and those uh, Milestone characters will be their separate Earth. I think Blue Beetle's going to happen, whether in the Titans Earth or in, like, this Flash, whatever's going on with Michael Keaton shit. So I think yeah. that's going to happen. But those are all the stories we have for today. Time to get in the segment where we suggest a movie or TV show that is coming out this week for you all to watch. It is called movie on the rise yes schubert what do you have for us this week uh i'm, I'm watching the tiger woods documentary yes yeah. you know this is a one of a, a weird weekend because of the extended nfl playoff they're pretty much going to be playing three nfl games and all the weekend. college football pl- uh, and, and the college too. football stuff as well so it's going to be very hard for me to pick anything else but that tiger woods doc uh, definitely going to be sitting down Sunday and watching that when it releases. I got the new uh, Lupin series. Lupin, we talked about the trailer last week. Mm. That's based off of Lup- uh, Arson Lupin and the inspiration for Monkey Punch. And it's basically a live act. Not, It's not based off the Lupin TV show. It's based on the actual real person. But it looks like a pretty good series. Also, I have Pieces of a Woman. This is the Vanessa Kirby movie that is supposed to win her the Oscar. So that comes out Thursday and uh, this Thursday and Lupin drops tomorrow by the time you guys hear this. Oh, yeah. So both drop uh, tomorrow by the time you guys hear this. So dope. All right. Yeah. And so the other thing I would say is you should check out The Bachelor because it's back. Yes, it is. And that's what we're getting into now. I I almost watched it because we were doing Are You the One? But she was like, let's do season three first. But I will watch The Bachelor before the new episode. I heard it was good this week. Luke James. I must think, I must think, you know, if you're not someone who does 
you know, events bachelor, which, you know, that's what I've come to find is way more fun. Like I, I did enjoy like binging seasons when I first got into it, but, you know, watching it on a week to week basis and being involved in the Twitter and then like having like, you know, watch parties, it, it's a, it's a way to do it. It's more of a, it's, a, it's like watching a sporting event really, That's what I'm saying. especially with, yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably won't talk about the bachelor on a week to week basis, but just because it was the first episode this week, Man, it was chaotic. When a girl walked out and she, and no, no, not walked out of the show. Like I'm saying, she walked out of the limo and she was like, you know, quarantine's been so lonely. So I brought my friend with me and it was a dildo. And she showed him that? Yes. And she walked around and he just laughed. And then, like, but later on, like, you know how they go up and they're like, oh, can I steal him for a second? Yeah. She tapped the girl on the shoulder with the dildo. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. I would have, as a, if I was the bachelor, I'd have been like, you can 100% take my time after tapping this girl with the dildo. <laughs> All right. Well, spoiler for you, she, she makes it. Nah, I know she makes it. That's something that, like, as a guy, that takes balls to do. And I would think that's funny. Apparently, I was looking into more about who she was. She's like a famous TikToker, but I don't know anything about that. Oh, well, I'll let you know next. Uh, I will find out by the time the next episode is. But though, um, right, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some you can't other. Can't spoil too funny... much. I, I gotta watch it. Oh well, the other only other funny thing I can remember is that a girl comes in wearing like goat shoes, goat slippers, like that make her look like she has goat feet. That's one of the, that's one of the things about the Bachelor. If you don't watch any other episodes, the first episode is always one of the best ones of the, each season. Bachelor, oh, and Bachelorette. Cause seeing the people get out of the car and seeing just how fast they fall in love. Like night one, they're like, Oh, I've, I can't wait to marry him. He's my love. Just all those yeah. lies. And like, I don't want to spoil it for you, but like the first thing that he says to like the, the group is like something that usually doesn't happen in bachelor. And it made them swoon so hard. What'd he say? You could say it. Oh, well he, uh, he was like, I'd Let's like pray. to start off this journey with a prayer. Oh yeah. Like, I, saw that on tw- I saw that on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, and they were like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I saw some girl on my Snapchat feed crying. I was like, why are you crying, girl? And I hope she does. I, she might listen to the pod. Sorry if that's the case, but like, you know, <laughs> crying over Matt James making people pray. Crazy. But Bachelor, Bachelor uh, Twitter is pretty hardcore. Bachelorette Twitter was pretty great, too. And like, it's really crazy to see how like the Bachelorette, you know, was at that, you know, shitty La Quinta. And then Matt James' Bachelor Back- season's like in this glorious uh, resort in like the mountains. Schubert said that shitty La Quinta. <laughs> Bro, it was a shitty La Quinta. Like, what else can I say? That poor, but I don't blame, I don't blame him. That girl didn't, I, I feel bad for the black girl, but that first girl, she already chose her man. So it didn't matter if there was another La Quinta or not. Fuck them, fuck that girl. No, but I mean more so for Tasha. Like at that point, yeah, I barely even consider that uh, Claire who did, Crawley who did, season. Who did, who did Tasha choose? Tasha chose th- this dude who looks like Matthew McConaughey, like a B version Matthew McConaughey. Are they still together? They are still together. Cool. I like. And I think see, she's I moving like to New York with him. Oh, nice! Nice. She might be like Rachel Lindsay. Rachel Lindsay's still together with her man. Yeah. Yeah. Some, so yeah, um, I think JoJo's still with uh, Aaron Rodgers. With brother. Jordan Rodgers, yeah. Yeah, good for them. Those are some of the ones that. that but there are some that have broken up recently, though. So. And the are you the one people year... don't ever last. <laughs> No, <laughs> the like, MTV ones but, never last. Well, you as you've seen with the first two seasons, they get down to it, and like a lot of them are just like, okay, well, I'm with this person, but like I got to find my like, my match, just match for, yeah, the, for like, the win. 
I'm like, do y'all, do y'all realize this is why y'all are on that show? Because y'all are all hoes and skanks and man whores. Like, this is why y'all are on this show because y'all are not good in relationships and not good. Yo, at like in the series. first season, that dude Adam who was like playing that Boston girl so hard. But that's like Leighton in the second season. Leighton was so bad. Oh God, With terrible. Jess, God, that shit was ridiculous. But yo, did you, Curtis? I'm pretty sure you sent me this. Curtis from season two ends up marrying John's girl, Jen, like a couple weeks later. He doesn't end up getting with Bree. You remember how they were like, oh, yeah, we're men for each other, blah, blah, blah. Curtis ends up breaking with Bree like two weeks later and then get and marries Jen a year later. And Jen's was scheming on John. Crazy shit. Yeah. Wild, wild. Uh, do you, I think it was season one again, like that nerdy white dude. He was hilarious. And then oh, wait, no, that's that that season two that with Brandon. Down who was all chasing after that blonde haired surfer girl. And there was always fucking and no, like the, people, people were getting mad and he was crying no, on I'm TV, talking, him and Nathan fucking nerd. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about though. The guy who was going after Christina and all that. Yeah, he's like, Brandon. I'm so in love with Christina. Like, <laughs> she's my choice. I don't care if she's not my match. I don't give a damn. You and they can't say that. You yeah. You can't, can't say, say that, that Brandon. Brandon. And they didn't even last past two months after the show. Christina no. was a skank. <laughs> no, the season two, and then you had that chick Ellie who was hilarious. Oh, Ellie was awesome. I felt so bad for her, kept going after that man whore, Anthony. And I was just like, why do you keep going after this dude? This dude sucks. But I was happy that he changed his ways and went after the Asian girl. That was a they were a cute little couple. But Layton, dude, fuck that dude, Layton. He sucked. I wanted Dario to beat his ass. Yeah, Dario, doesn't he look like A-Rod, though? Yeah, he does. Like straight up. <laughs> he, he definitely does. Straight up. And he got with the virgin. Crazy. Yeah, that definitely didn't last. No, it did not. It, it lasted. But I will say it lasted until the challenge. They lasted a couple They lasted a couple months. But he couldn't take the fact that, like, he she wanted to wait till marriage. He couldn't. Dario couldn't wait. Fuck no. But, all right, I, I asked this on my live stream and I, on Late Nights with Lynn, and I wanted to ask you, because we were talking about this, who do you think should be the next Marvel Saga villain? And I'm sure we've talked about this on this show before, but like, Bes- besides I think it like should be Doctor ones- Doom. Like, who should be the next Thanos? Yeah, I think it should be Doctor Doom over uh, Kang the Conqueror. And this is my reason why. You just did this whole big cosmic saga. And the fact is, you're, you need a human villain to make us relate and to make us be like, oh, this is this is this like look at the time we're in we're in the time of donald trump we're in the time of jess bezos these big high profile businessmen and whatnot and louise shout out to nola pelzred was like dr doom's just too fantastical and he doesn't think he could work i pitched this idea to where dr doom instead of being the latvarian dictator at first make him be this big scientist corporation owner like reed richard's rival and then he runs for president he loses and then make him have to go. He has dual citizenship, and because he loses, he takes his anger out and all of his inventions, and then goes and becomes the Doctor Doom we know and takes over Latveria because the people in Latveria were like, they don't want you. You can come back and take over your home country and then make it that way to where he's like this evil dictator of the Marvel Universe that's setting up plans. But I just feel like if the Avengers need a new leader, and this is kind of how it started. The Avengers need a new leader because Iron Man and Cap aren't there. Black Panther's dead, so we don't, in real life, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman, so we don't know what they're going to do with Black Panther. And if it's Shuri, she should not lead the Avengers. It's not going to be Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel's all in space doing God knows what. It's not Spider-Man. It's not Spider-Man. I don't think it should be Doctor Strange. The leader of the Avengers... I think he should be, like... 
in in the top echelon. But yeah, he should be like he the leader. he should be like the right hand man. But the leader of this should be Reed Richards. Should be Mister Fantastic. He's one of he's it's the, the most smart, logical sense. He's the smartest member of the MCU. Smarter than Tony Stark. Smarter than Doctor Strange. Smarter than Bruce Banner. Smarter than Professor X. He has one of the most brilliant tactician strategy minds, and. He's a pretty good fighter with his powers. I think it should be Reed Richards. And then that way you can bring in the Illuminati. You can have Doctor Strange be his right-hand man. You can lead into Namor. And then you can set up the big villain being jealous of the Avengers leader, Reed Richards, have it be Doctor Doom. Or even Galactus. You know, my my thought process moving into this is I feel like Eternals is going to open up things maybe for like a Galactus. Eternals is giving us X-Men. That's what that, uh, X-Men and Inhumans. Well, I mean, that's where I'm thinking, like, I feel like Dr. Doom is going to stick around long enough to see out that X-Men stuff. And, like, maybe he and Magneto kind of, like... I'd be down for that. May, may get together. So, like, at this point, I feel like, at least for this five-year section of Marvel Might be Kang villain, Conqueror. I think it is Kang, just because we're really focused on the multiverse right now. Well, even more so, it's to get us the Young Avengers. It's to get us the and New I- Avengers, Young Team. Because you got to well, think, also, we got Kate Bishop in Hawkeye. We got the new girl who got recast in Ant Man. We got, I'm pretty sure America Chavez going to be in this uh, Falcon Winter Soldier shit. We got Wiccan and Speed that are going to be in WandaVision. That's the, and then Iron Lad is the younger version of Kang the Conqueror. That's the new Avengers. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, maybe, well, maybe Kang is going to be the overall villain of that. I feel like he Kang, should be a small villain that comes back throughout, but he should not be the Thanos. It just It's very difficult for me because I just feel like, based upon who the actor is, I don't think that you can just, like, not, not use, use not that. Majors. Yeah, no, that's true. But that's what I'm saying. Use it. Let Because the fact is that you have Iron Lad going to be in the y- young New Avengers I'm saying Kang can come back multiple times. We can get and like, Kang has Reed Richards connections. Exactly, and Kang has not only the storyline with the Young Avengers, but we can eventually get the Tournament of Champions. You know where they all basically the uh, if you remember from Mongol storyline, how he has like the Battle World. That's what the Contest of Champions is with Kang the Conqueror. He has one of those where you bring all the Marvel villains and heroes and make them fight. That would be a great movie, but you need more villains for that to happen. So we need to see some more shit. But I just feel like Dr. Doom would be relevant to these times today. It would be more impactful to me being that he's a human than having some random cosmic alien. Because you have to differentiate it from Thanos. Well, I mean, and Kang is very similar to Thanos. It's hard for me to argue because, I mean, when I see that question be posed, the first thing I can think of is Dr. Doom because, I mean, that's just the most logical. It just makes the most logical sense. It's not do Magneto, but it needs to be some human. It, it can't because anything else is too similar to Thanos. It's just about destroying the Earth. That's well, Galactus. I just can't see Mag- Magneto being a, the overall Marvel oh, that, And that's my thing. That's the reason because, why. Because like, he's so specific to X-Men. X-Men. Yep. Whereas but Dr. I could Doom see him- stretches over multiple. But I could see him, like, if we were going to be in, like, you know, an, an Infinity War Endgame kind of movie, that he would team up with Doctor Doom. I could see I, that. But see, I could also see him teaming up with Professor X because they're the mutants, and Doom isn't for the mutants. 
That's also true. That's what I'm. That's why I don't think it could be Magneto. That's why I think it has to be Doom. Because even if you want another side villain, you can get Namor because he's upset at how the Earth has handled the oceans, and Namor would side with Doom, and there would be the two kings of the world trying to take on the Avengers. I just think it should be Doom. Yeah. I, I don't think it should be a cosmic entity. But uh, bef- let's do your honor last, just because that's our review of the week. All right. I, before we get to your topic, because I think yours is a little more fleshed out than mine. What do you think of the action movie genre right now? And I, I want to do more of a deep dive on this later where we look at like the different action hero. Because if you look at it down the line, we went from like Jean-Claude Van Damme. We had Jean-Claude Van Damme had an era. We had the Stallone Schwarzenegger era. We had the Bruce Willis era. We had the Keanu Reeves era. We had the Tom Cruise era. We had the Rock era. We're in an era we're still right in now. Tom Cruise era, technically. And we're still in the Rock era, too, technically. We, I mean, Matt Damon had an era with Jason Bourne for a little bit. Who do you, what, how do you feel about the action movie genre right now? And who do you feel is like the next star of the act? Like, is there any young guy in any movie you've seen that you think should lead like the action movie genre going forward? It's hard because like, I feel like, and I know it goes against what you were saying earlier on the show is that I like those old action movies better than I like newer action movies. I feel like a lot of the newer action movies are just so cheesy, like in a a different way than the cheesy of that. Like when I'm thinking of like action movies, like now I'm thinking of like the shit that came on Netflix or like, or sometimes they try and take themselves so seriously, or they're just like rehashes of things like, you know, mission impossible or James Bond. See my type of action movie that I'm, that I like that I get behind is like James Bourne, like Jason Bourne. Like I like that, that style of action movie more. So and I feel like that's been better suited for television or like the diehards. Like I'm, I'm just, I, I, I like the old school action movies, but just not the ones that were like, not Con Air type. Like, I'm even cool with, like, Schwarzenegger's Rambo. I mean, uh, Stallone's Rambo. Like, I like that one. I like Die Hard. I think uh, Uma Thurman was a great act with Kill Bill. I think that was a good action movie. I'm just trying to think who is the next But then that was... But that's not really a true action You don't want to count that? Okay, yeah, we don't Because it's, like, Tarantino. And so, like, I'm looking at, like, popular... 2010s action movie. Let me give you one that takes what you're saying that you love and what I love. John Wick was the perfect combination of both. John Wick was the best action franchise probably of last, the last decade. decade. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the, the popular ones that they have on here, like Angel has fallen franchise, and like and uh, you know, a lot of the stuff now is just, just falling into the superhero movies. So it's just like it's hard to you know, Alita was probably another good one that that was pretty do good. But you count it was still, Mad Max still... as an action movie? Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. But I, like, it, I feel like that's hard. like an adventure, like a, just a. I feel like that's one of those prestige movies. Like it's I don't count in a different way. I don't count Dunkirk as an action movie or Inception, but I will say Tenet's an action movie. Tenet is an action movie. Yeah. Do you think John and see? I don't want this for John David Washington's like the career. The girl in the spider's web, like that was an action like, movie. I don't want John David Washington to be the next action star because I don't want that for his career. But I think he would be a good Upgrade. action star. You know what I mean? Like he showed intended that he can do the physicality to be a great action star. Upgrade was one that's not that bad. Yeah, true, 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 true. 
Baby I Driver, I guess. Is a, but I don't think that's an action nah, movie. No, I don't count that. Like, like Sicario, that was a good one with Sicario. a female-led person and Benicio Del Toro. Like, I'm just ready to see who the next action star will be and where we should go. I just feel we should go more John Wick-esque, more Sicario-esque than Extraction. Like, the Netflix action movies have not been good. And I feel like that's been part of the death of the modern day. That and superhero movies have been the death of the modern day action film. Yeah, because like I'm looking at like this list this for list is more top, Marvel, Mar- top mo- mostly Marvel shit. Well, no, that takes out. I mean, they still have a Marvel one in there, but like they have Dread, uh, which that was is a great action su- movie, but it's comic. Yeah, true. Snowpiercer, which really wasn't yeah. an action movie. It's a comic too. Oh well, yeah. Baby Driver, which I don't really feel like is an action movie. Then you have I Winter like Soldier, and then you have Edge of Tomorrow. Dawn of the the Planet of the Apes. Those are action movies. Sort of, yeah. You don't count I mean, those. Like, you don't think those I mean, are more dramas? Are, like that's the thing about like what constitutes an action movie, or like what do you feel like an action movie is? Is the Gentleman an action movie? The Gentleman is not an action movie. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I mean, it's then. just like. You know, looking back at like your your Con Air or whatever, and in that era where you also had like the Harrison Ford being uh, Jack Ryan, like those are action movies. You know, did, did the action movie move to streaming? Terminator as tele- was an action movie. Did the action movie move to streaming as television? We got uh, ba- we got basically Jack the Ryan. Jack Ryan. We got uh, the uh, Mine Hunt. Like I'm trying. Wait, hold on. I'm about to pull up. No, pull no, up. no. We got Alter Carbon. No, Mindhunter was a bad, a bad thing. We got, yeah. we got, we got Altered Carbon. We got Jack Ryan. These are series that that uh, would have been movies a long time ago. No, I totally agree with that. That's where I think like the action has gone. Has gone and, to TV. Yeah, because I feel like it just you doing it in the smaller bites just pays better. Yeah, it pays off better for for them. Like Narcos, that would have been an action movie. You get freaking shooter you get uh like i'm just looking at all these great series that have come in like the form of action that's they've become action tv shows yeah but this is something we can look into later down the line let's get into your topic what makes a perfect movie would you get see i feel like the qualifications for a perfect movie is that it's you know the it's got a Good storytelling. It's something that is instantly rewatchable. Something that like uh, doesn't have uh, too many f- faults, and it um, and it can be a franchise, but it doesn't necessarily. It would have to be one of the franchise pillars, and it's got to be. You know, for me, when I think of like perfect movies, I think of a movie that like from start to finish is engaging. You know, I agree with that. And uh, it, it's memorable. It's something you want to, re- like I said, revisit. You know, my some thing, of the lists. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. So I was going to say, my th- some of the qualifications I have is, like you said, the storytelling has to be great. You have to have me engaged the whole time. And, and you made me realize this when we were discussing in our group chat, Uncut Gems versus Good Time. Uncut Gems is a good movie, but Good Time is a great movie. The difference is... Both are thrilling movies and both have good endings and both are a good story. The difference is good time. You're on the edge of your seat the entire time. Whereas uncut gems, you can fall asleep for the first 30 minutes 
uh, the first 45 minutes, wake up, catch the rest of the movie, and you really haven't missed anything. That, to me, signifies a good to okay movie versus a great movie. A great movie keeps you on the edge of your seat the entire time. Look at Prisoners. Look at The Godfather. Look at Goodfellas. Look at these movies that Wolf of Wall Street. They keep you on the edge of your seat the whole time and keep you engaged. Even a movie like Marriage Story, which isn't a thrilling movie. It's a movie about relationships. You're locked into Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson the entire time trying to see how this relationship will work out. So engagement is, I would say, story engagement, but then the level of acting is third for me. The level of acting is very important because the difference between me watching Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver discuss marriage and everything is way more, keeps me way more engaged than watching just some random B romance movie that has poo-poo actors in it. Or you can look at it in terms of TV. When you look at This Is Us compared to things like Grey's Anatomy and these other shows, the reason why This Is Us is so magnetic and so powerful is due to the acting of Sterling K. Brown and due to the acting of some of these Emmy-winning greats. When you have great acting, it takes a movie from good and okay to great. A perfect example of that is Denzel and Training Day. Training Day was supposed to have different actors. At one point, it was supposed to have uh, Gene Hackman. At one point, it was supposed to have Samuel Jackson. The reason why Training Day works so well, the plot isn't that great, but what makes Training Day from a okay to good movie to great is Denzel. A good acting can elevate an okay story and make a movie better than what it's supposed to be. So I go... Uh, story one, engagement two, acting three, and cinematography four. If you can make a, if when you make a beautiful movie, it also helps with keeping me engaged. Taxi Driver. The reason why Martin Scorsese in Taxi Driver is considered such a, a great film is because he introduced camera angles and looks on film that was beautiful. We get just the do on. Robert De Niro's car and the way that the dew hits off of the beaming neon lights from the city makes for a beautiful thing. Look at Denis Villeneuve in Blade Runner 2049 when Ryan Gosling's getting out of the car and walking to Dave Bautista. The way you see this wasteland just encapsulates you. But then when you get into the city and you see uh, Ana de Armas as the girl, the pink girl, and she's talking to him, it just engages you. The way you can make something beautiful really changes. Look at Star Wars, for example, and how some of these beautiful beautiful shots look they keep you engaged in the movie so i go with like i said story one uh engagement in the movie two acting three uh cinematography four and, and rewatch or i mean let me not use someone else's term run it run it backableness five if the if you can watch a movie multiple times and still either get something from it or don't feel bored makes you realize that this movie goes from okay to good to great, to perfect. That's what makes yeah. it, in my opinion, a perfect movie. You know, I, I feel one of the things that made me think about this is when I saw like the, the, the entries for 2020 for the National Film Registry and like the movies that are represented on the National Film Registry are some that I would, not all, but some that I would consider to be perfect movies. Um, and that's why they're on the film registry because they make a, an impact. What uh, movies did they say? Oh, I mean, there's, there's like a shit ton of them. Oh, were they any, like, what, what, what were some of those ones that stood out to you that you were like, oh, this is a perfect movie? Well, I mean, like, you know, Taxi Driver is on the film registry, Godfather and Godfather 2. Oh, I was uh, talking about from the, 2020 that got put on. Oh, from 2020? 
uh, well, they they don't have any. Like I'm saying, they got inducted in 2020. But oh, okay. The, the okay. most recent one is 2010's Freedom Riders. But uh, so like that's the Hurt Locker, the Hurt Locker, Dark Knights. They're the most recent ones. Brokeback Mountain, Shrek, Memento, Memento, The Matrix. So Memento's so damn good. And that's the thing for movies like that that have a twist in it. Even if your movie has a twist in it. That shows that if the twist doesn't spoil the rewatchableness or the run it backableness, it just shows how good that movie is to where it's more than the twist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like some other ones on the film registry that stand out are like, you know, Saving Private Ryan, Titanic, L.A. Confidential, Fargo. What's a film that you uh, think is a perfect movie? Um, for me... I can give like three. Give us like just give us like three. three or four. For me, the the some that I say that are that people that I argue to, about, and some of them are animated. Um, I I like that they put Shrek on the film registry, but I feel more so that Shrek Two constitutes a perfect movie mm. on like on on the way that it goes. Um, but I also feel like Shrek fall, falls in line with with that as well. I, I think. More so, Star Wars four than ten than five, based upon it being it's. What I like about considering some movies perfect movies is especially the when you talk about a franchise is it's something that is a, stands alone doesn't need yeah any explanation. Where I feel like at, you know for as great as Empire Strikes Back is, it's probably the greatest in the franchise. But when it comes to being a perfect movie, the New Hope is one that carries it through the whole way i'm not mad at that uh you know a lot of like the the big time movies of of our time like la confidential that made the registry like that's that's what i I was yeah i was gonna say that i think la confidential is a perfect movie i think the dark knight's a perfect movie i think uh funny enough out of tarantino's catalog i think jackie brown is a perfect movie i Love Jackie Brown, start to finish, and there's not much you could nitpick at it. I also think Inglorious Bastards is a perfect movie. When you look at for some Sports- people's lists of what I was looking up, they actually put Reservoir Dogs in there. Interesting. I'm not mad at that take. Uh, I from Martin Scorsese's catalog, I would say Wolf of Wall Street is a um, yeah. perfect. Like Wolf of Wall Street is a perfect movie. I I would say I I, I think Goodfellas is a perfect movie. I I think that that mm-hmm. that, it, but I, that's what I'm, that man. But like out of all of Martin Scorsese films, I think you got to go with Wolf of Wall Street. I think that's undeniable, perfect movie. I think uh, if you look at David Fincher's catalog, just because I'm a big David Fincher guy, I think that out of all his movies, man, it's tough because he has so many good fucking movies. I I'm gonna say, The Social Network is a perfect movie. And I'm going to say, I think he has two. I think The Social Network is a perfect movie, and I think Zodiac's a perfect movie. The reason why Zodiac is a perfect movie, even though it's almost three hours long, I can rewatch that movie multiple, multiple times. The acting's great. The story's great. And to be almost a three-hour movie, it keeps you engaged the entire time about a killer and you don't end up knowing who the killer is at the end of the movie. That is phenomenal. And it's just incredible to see how many directors have perfect movies and how many don't. 
the one that I think is really interesting and in some ways I agree in some ways I disagree that is on the, on the more recent side that people consider a perfect movie is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh, I thought you would think that's a perfect movie. I do in some ways. And in some ways I don't, maybe it's probably just since it's so fresh, like with, with movies that are so fresh, I don't, I don't necessarily know yet. The newest one I got um, is Dark Knight. Dark Knight is to me is a perfect movie. And then that's one of those ones where it's a franchise. You can watch it by itself and it stands alone. You don't have to sure. watch Batman Begins to enjoy Dark Knight. You know what I mean? You you like you just know this guy's Batman and like he's coming in to battle the, this this homicidal maniac. And from start to finish, from that opening bank robbery scene to when Batman's holding his ass over the ledge. It is an amazing start to finish movie. I also feel like, you know, with and constitute of what constitutes perfect movie is a movie that you can show to anyone and then feel confident that they would at least enjoy it. Is Lion King a perfect movie when it comes to animated? Uh, I would think that Toy Story more so than Lion King is a perfect movie. Interesting. Interesting. See, I would I would flip it, but I do think Toy Story I think to, I think Disney has a couple I think, perfect movies. Well, I think Lion King's ending flops. You don't like the ending? I'm not talking about no. the live action. I'm talking the animated. I'm talking about in general. You don't like maybe. the ending of them killing Scar? No, once they leave Timon and Pumbaa, I'm out. Oh, you tripping. All right, but I ain't mad at that. That's your that's your opinion. Um I don't think Shrek's a perfect movie. Even though they have it, that's why I'm registry. saying more so. Shrek True Two is better than Shrek One. But I do agree with you. Toy Story is a is a even Toy Story Three could be considered a perfect movie because Toy Story Three is fucking amazing, and you don't have to watch the first two Toy Stories to fall in love with Lotso Bear and to understand the story of leaving leaving your childhood behind. Like all of that's amazing. I say Zootopia is pretty close. Zootopia and Inside Out are two newer Disney movies that I could put up for. Perfect movie in a Dis- couple years. On a Disney side, beside you know, I don't really know about those two. I would say like probably The Incredibles, mm. the original Incredibles. You need to watch Zootopia. Then if you haven't, Zootopia. I is, have seen Zootopia. Zoot- I've like, seen it. The the story that them talking about classism and racism put in the disguise of a crime by by animals, fucking phenomenal. And Inside Out discussing your emotions and feelings, phenomenal, man, phenomenal. Does Marvel have yeah. any perfect movies? No. <laughs> Marvel does not. No. Marvel not does not at have all. any perfect movies. Not at all. Would you say Logan is a perfect movie? Um, no. I'd say it's a great movie. I just don't know if it's a perfect movie. You know which one I, I, feel I think like, is a perfect movie? No Country for Old Men has to be on that perfect movie category. It's, uh, category. it's in some people's lists, yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about like for the National Film Registry though? I'm just talking about for us. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's definitely in that category. Yeah, No sure. Country for Old Men has to be. Up in there. I'm trying to think of some of the movies we reviewed on Run It Back. Super Bad would be on there. Yeah, Super Bad. Super Bad would be on there. Would you put, say, Scott Pilgrim is, or is that just a cult classic? Uh, I think it's more of a cult classic. Uh, another movie that I think about when I think about perfect movies, I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't say this. I think, like, probably a movie that is the most perfect movie, pizza, and everything is Back to the Future. Yes. Back to the Future is That's something movie. we have to do on Run It Back. We have to, have to do that at some point. And shout out to the ladies. I'm going to give a lady comedy that I think is a perfect movie. Bridesmaids. That movie's for everybody and it's fucking hilarious. Same thing for The Hangover. The first yeah. one. 
Yeah. So, so I mean, there's definitely a lot of things that constitute a perfect movie. Uh, both I of guess those we can to review, but... ask the fans, you know, what is do you think is a perfect movie? What do you? Um, what are some of your what, categories? And and yeah, and what makes a perfect movie for you? Yeah, y'all let us know. So we got three things. This one, what are you most excited for in 2021? And then we had another one earlier in the show. But all right, let's get to your honor. This week was the week of let's see what's going on with the black people. Let's see what's going on with the mafia. We're going to take a step back from the Desiados, even though they're all still being dummies. There's and, a lot of Desiados. No, there's a lot of Desiados, but we're taking a step back. We don't really see too much of Adam, which I love. And we see more from uh, uh, Ma- Michael, I think his name is, Michael Desiado. What's uh, what's uh, yeah. the judge's name? I think it's Michael. Michael Desiado. Yeah. So, man, this episode, we got to see Chet Hanks. <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't see, you didn't realize that was old Chet Hanks? I, I did not Hanks? realize that. <laughs> Bumba clot. Be in my, I was just ready for it. Be it, oh man. I was ready to see him go, booyaka, booyaka. You got you to gotta watch the Chet Hanks J- Jamaican accents videos to understand that reference. But, bro, he was just sitting there like, his. Fa- did you not think his face was weird when he was just, why was he sitting nah, like, he was just, he was just looking like, <laughs> fucking Chet dude. Hanks. But, this episode, we got the revelation that the war is not happening. The Desire crew tells the mafia, look, Kofi didn't kill him. And he was like, why are you telling me this now? Because y'all blew up this, this little boy's house. And we don't want no more. We don't want to go For to no war. reason. For like, no you reason. Killed, you killed people that had nothing to do with anything. That had no, without asking questions. Uh, I felt so bad for that little boy. Lost his entire family. Luckily... Uh, Big Mo is taking care of him. Gave him a nice house. He got his own room. He li- honestly, he's living better than he was before. Even though he, he has is. to be in a gang he and he to has to do gang activity, yeah, he got to be a drug dealer. He has a better life than he had before, and he could save up all his drug money and go to college. That's what he needs to do. He needs to get lady, close to though, Big Mo and let him send him to college. The lady that was badass. Yeah, Lil Mo don't have like, shit on Big Mo. <laughs> yeah, the, the scene where she's like talking to him on the balcony and all that. And she leaves the she money like as a test. With the yeah, money. I was like, let's go. And I was so proud of that little kid. I was like, thank you, man. Don't steal Big Mo money because she going to have you killed. She going to have you dealt with. Uh, Adam, let's get his dumb ass out the way. Eating dude, with the, what the... F- you're what banging your that, t- teacher. Why are you eating with... Uh, the and hitting on her, like hitting on her big time. Yes, man. I don't, I don't get it. I I hate him, but I'm so happy that this was only uh one. Didn't give his dog his meds. Yeah, and his dog had big seizures, just like not cool. Uh, Knew exactly where that vet hospital was, Mitsubishi Vet Hospital. Drove by that all the time, and they filmed right by Little Dizzy's, which was a spot that me and our producer Ian used to hit up all the time for breakfast. Is that the buffet place y'all told me about? Yeah, it's the buffet place we told you about. It's a scene where uh, the little boy is talking to the lawyer and it's like the green building in the background. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Also, I'm trying to think of other important shit that happened. Oh, well, let's get, I guess let's get to Michael uh, Desiato's storyline. So in the beginning of the episode, he's getting text messages from this random phone and he don't know who it is. It's basically like, I know what your son did. I know what y'all did, blah, blah, blah. Sends him a picture of the house. He gets to the house. There's a taping of the newspaper on and okay so was it adam's fault that the dog did that or did the people who taped the thing on the door did they do that to the dog no it was they said he said it later on like when he's on the floor with the dog he's like you forgot to give the dog the pills okay 
Okay, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of other yeah, important he shit. Been, he could have been lying, though, so that he didn't know about the break-in. Yeah, true. Possible. True, 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 Um, I'm also trying to think of some other important shit that happened with the gang besides that sit-down meeting. I'm pretty sure that's pretty much everything. It's but pretty the much best, the stuff with the little boy and, like, the funeral. And- yeah, that, that's pretty much it. But the main shit is at the end where we see the red dress wedding. And, I, and on the Joe Budden podcast, I thought it was funny. They were like, yeah, they're during Mardi Gras and this shit's going on. And I'm like, that's not no, that's Mardi Gras. Run, that's the red dress run. So they're doing the red dress run. And dude calls him was like, I need $200,000 here by six o'clock. And he was like, I can't take that much out of the bank. And he goes to the bank and the bank people are like, this is suspicious. Why does this judge need all this? But I digress. He's just adding more people to question his, his motives. And then so the episode really ends with him not being able to uh, pay on time and him trying to figure out. And find out that that do. dude's got the video from the from guy the gas that station. was behind him in the gas station. Yeah. Yep, from behind him. And also we find out that Jimmy Baxter goes get to the gas station to get the footage. But my question to you is, is anything going to be on that footage? Because... I thought no. They said the footage was erased, but now he knows that this dude Michael Desiato, oh, whose car there, yeah. was, was there and erased the footage. Yep, and and also because Kofi didn't kill him. Yep. My question is, do they have the thirty-six hour puff thing? <laughs> do they have the results of the thirty-six hour DNA test? Because that should confirm. At first, when I was thinking that everything. Michael was getting those calls, I was like, oh, is this this dude on the side? Like, let's talk about that. Who do you think's blackmailing him? I still think it might be someone on the side that has to do with it. But like now that I see the the evidence that they have, I'm like, this is a random. It could have been the driver. Like- you, okay, so I got I got five guesses. To me, the driver's the most obvious. I don't think it's him. Big Mo is a guess. I think Big Mo is a guess because also she's trying to, I feel like she's trying to blackmail him and then tell him about, tell also the Baxters about what's going on. So she gets her money and then they kill him and she's left out of it. Because also you got to think, could it be the person in that black Chevrolet? Who was that black Chevrolet driving that saw Adam there both times at the scene of the crime? And when he went back to uh, check, I think Big Mo could be the person in the Chevrolet, but also the Chevrolet person is a separate guess of mine. Another guess of mine is the sister of the Baxters using the money to get her own life and to separate because she doesn't like her father, her mother, or her brother, and she's just using Adam to get more evidence. That's like that's like my my deep 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 shot uh, guess. And then could it be either the grandma, the lawyer, or the cop? Could it be any of those three women? No. All right. I do like your theory about the sister. Just here's, because it's such a long shot. Here's my other final one. His best friend, the mayor. Blackmailing him, trying to get money. Maybe. That's, <laughs> like, if it's a side person, if it's not the anybody related to the gang, the black SUV, or the family, if it's someone outside of those two big groups, I don't see it making sense being anybody else besides the best friend. So this could be his reparations or his payment for everything he did and getting everything fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. I wish he wouldn't have said that there was a Camry out in Algiers that is like, then I'd be more inclined to think about uh, it being like the black SUV. Yeah. The black SUV is still the big mystery. That's still the big mystery of who that is. But the sister has to have a reason why it's in. Oh, wait, Camry. I just thought of one who drives a Camry teacher. Oh, shit. The teacher. 
the teacher that's getting laid. That's my final theory. Yeah, I mean, she could be in cahoots with some people because she probably yep. has a you know a real boyfriend instead of this little like that high could school be side the, piece. That could be the person that's driving behind Adam Desiato the day of. That would be a small world. And that would connect it. And she knows, and we haven't seen her in a while. Why haven't we seen her? Also, Adam's getting a new girlfriend. She may be getting jealous. Teacher. <laughs> hey, she's she's one of the bigger build actresses on the on the thing. So she's got to have some kind of role. She got to have something. I, I'm leaning on my top three now that I'm saying them out loud. Number one, teacher. Number two, the sister Baxter. Number three, the best friend mayor. And then the Chevrolet and then Mo being five. I really don't think think Mo could be the Chevrolet. Yeah. Mo could definitely be the Chevrolet. That's a fact. That's a fact. But I'm leaning towards Isaiah Whitlock, Jr. Charlie or Franny, who is the uh, teacher who's like the top build person besides Brian Cranston. Like, why is she so high build and like nothing's really been going on with her, you know? Yeah, at least for now. At least for now. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know. But this episode, I won't say it was the weakest of the season because it was good, but it might have been the weakest of the season. It might have been the weakest of the season, but it just set a lot of things up. Yeah, it was. this was a setup episode. Yeah, kind of like tied up a lot of uh Because technically, marks. the first arc was kind of closed. The beginning arc was closed with Kofi's death. There was no way for Lee to do anything else. The cop couldn't do anything else. The case got closed. But this was the episode to open it back up to be like, nah, Baxters, y'all got the wrong guy. Let's look at Michael Desiato. And yeah, honestly, kind of like if, sets us in a new motion. If the Baxters didn't kill Lil Eugene's family, I don't think the Desire crew would have said anything. It would have just let Kofi die. Well, that was her whole point. She was like, that's when he was like, why did you, why did you not tell me this? And she's like, well, I didn't have no reason to. Yep. Cause like Kofi was in jail because they needed to not show their hand that they were in bed with like the cops or whatever. And so, and so that, you know, Charlie wouldn't get messed up. So like now that Kofi's gone and then they just took a shot at the family for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then they're like, okay, well, you know, we can't we can't have you do starting some random war just for no reason. Yep, exactly. So, but this was a solid episode. Like I said, solid. But I'm excited for next week's the preview to next week's episode. The the wife Baxter is the worst though because I I hate her. her, She's like, I'll never. It'll never like. Yeah, this didn't do. You didn't. You didn't change anything. It won't fix the hole in my heart. But damn, does do I feel a little bit better? For killing, for, for killing, for killing random people that had nothing to do with anything. For killing three small children and a mom who's probably strung out on drugs who can't take care of her children as it is. Yeah, Sad, Kofi's dad man. was weird too. That what? Oh yeah, Kofi's dad just left it. But like the woman was strung out. He was like, I, I he got a new job, a new wife, and some new kids. He didn't care. But that deadbeat ass man, he better let Lee do the autopsy, old fucker. Uh, she did. Remember, she was all the brain. Yeah, true, 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 true. But that's all we got this week, uh, Shuby. That's all, at least for your honor. Yeah, it's, that's everything that we got for this week. Um, you know, it's kind of slow at the moment, but we're about to get heated up when we, we get the a, Tiger Woods doc. And we got a big, we got something big for him next week. A big interview. Oh, yeah, we got a big interview as well. So, yep, we're not going to announce it because we don't like to announce it until the interviews are complete. But this is going to happen. Yeah, this is going to happen. But just in case anything comes up between now and record date, 
you know, just got to be sure. But next week, you guys will have a big interview, plus the Tiger Wood doc part one. The week after, you'll have Tiger Woods part two, plus uh, the start of the interviews. Actually, the start of the interviews will take place next week. So next week, Tiger Woods part two interview uh, and another interview with the pitch it shit. The week after Tiger Woods part two, uh, another interview with the pitch it stuff. The week after that, the Denzel movie. And then the week after that, the pitch it match. So you guys be looking forward. Like I said, February 4th, we are live. Twitch.tv slash bros who think. February 4th, twitch.tv slash bros who think. Pitch it season. The new pitch it season of 2021 begins. The opening match is Dan Exclaims from the Dan Exclaims YouTube page versus Hastic. He is a rapper and streamer on Twitch. Dan Exclaims versus Hastic in the headlining match for the number one contender spot and to be one of the first people to be able to challenge me in the mid-season part in the summer mid-season spectacular tournament, whatever we're calling it, is uh, my boy Jake Madison versus Shamit Dua. Again, February 4th, twitch.tv slash bros who think. Please, please tune in. Fan and fan participation is required for this new part of Pitch It. So we want you to be there. If you if you guys have supported us on the, any part of this journey, we I don't ask y'all for much, but I will ask you to pack the room for the Pitch It match. We need y'all to be there. It's very, very important that you guys are there because we're trying to treat this like a live sporting event. And I guarantee you, you will have fun because me and Schubert are planning on putting on a great show for you guys. So again, February 4th. But you can follow me at LimbyWT, follow the bros who think, at bros who think. Be sure to check out the most recent episode of the bros who think podcast. There's no new anime talk, but there is a new run it back out. Me and Chris are reviewed the legendary cyberpunk anime movie, uh, Akira. Be sure to check that out. Uh, and if you haven't checked out the Bros Who Binge Awards from last week, the Anime Talk Awards or the Bros Who Think Awards, all of that is out now on the YouTube page. Uh, be sure to subscribe. And for more information on everything that's dropping, follow us at Bros Who Think on Twitter. But that's all I got, Schubert. Again, pitch and match, February 4th, twitch.tv, Bros Who Think, Hastic versus Danny Sclaims, and... Jake Madison versus Shamit Dua, February 4th. I'm going to say it this much every episode of Bros Who Binge and every episode of Bros Who Think until the match because we really, really want you guys to be there. Like I said, we want to pack out the live stream. We want a full house. We want the most guests we've had in a live stream. Please, 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 if you care about this show, if you care about the game, please, please be in that live stream February 4th. All right, yeah, it's definitely a big, exciting thing that we're doing getting that rolling and we need that fan participation remember like you watch it you're gonna be you're gonna get your chance to voice your opinion yes you will so it uh it's definitely important that you show up um but that's everything that we got for this ep episode um be sure to check out everything that Lyndon's been mentioning watch some of the stuff that we've been talking about like the tiger woods documentary and if you haven't started your honor yet now's the time we'll be talking about it for five more weeks so, Lyndon Burton, my name is Adam Schubert, and I hope everyone out there stays safe and has a great week. And as always, keep binging. February 4th, Pitch and Match, Jake Madison, Schmidt Dua, uh, Hastic, Dan Exclaims, February 4th, twitch.tv slash Peace.